Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for The Zone to be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at johnstonshomecenter.com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with Bubba Carpenter. All right, Bubba. 11-10 here in the zone. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? What's going on, fellas? Well, it's a little dreary outside. We were all feeling a little dreary after yesterday's game and Arkansas losing the series to Texas A&M. Certainly no indictment of the program. It's a good A&M team. And uh, Arkansas had their chances late. I mean, there are a couple things that were a little frustrating over the weekend, but give me kind of your summary from the three games. It was a, a very, I would say, kind of a unique weekend for Arkansas for the season. Yeah, you know what I like, though? I, I like the way we kept battling in that in yesterday's game, and, and we, we made it close, man. We really should have come back and won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, look, I, I hate to point fingers at the umpires. But if you guys look all weekend, especially yesterday, uh, man, the, the umpiring was bad. There were some really bad uh, strike calls called. And it really showed up in the eighth inning yesterday. We had runners in second and third, nobody out. I thought I thought Braden Webb, the strike three to him was a curveball down at the bottom of the zone. I thought Brady Slavens had a couple of bad pitches called on him outside. Now, is that why we lost? No, but it can, it can definitely affect things. It can swing – the first pitch to Slavens was six inches off the plate. They called it a strike, so then yep. he's in a hole, oh one. I mean, you guys know where I'm going with this. I yep. mean, there's a huge difference with that, and I don't like the point at umpires, but they got to get better. They really do, and and we have we have TrackMan data, so we know how bad they are. I'm sure these reports are all going into the SEC on the percentages of balls and strikes they're missing. But you know, we're we're a pretty disciplined team for the most part, and. Uh, you know, I think it's hurting us. You know, interesting thing happened yesterday for those who were watching the game. After that first horrific call by the umpire, Dave Van Horn came out and called Brady Slavens. I thought he might come over and say something to the ump. You don't see Dave or anybody else argue balls and strikes very often. It's usually a fruitless effort. But he called Brady over, and we couldn't get the audio. But you got to think the conversation went something like this. Look, I know this guy blows. There's nothing you can do about it, though. Just get up there and control what you can and get yourself a hit, bud. This is a big opportunity for you. Let's go. Something to that effect, I'm guessing. Bubba, what do you think that conversation was like? No, I think so. You guys have all seen Brady Slavens, and, and, and you know, I, I try to stay really positive in the booth. And, look, Brady's a great player, but a lot of times when that first pitch gets called a strike, you can see his body language. Man, I talk to my players all the time about no negative body language on the field. Yeah, you know what? You're going to get some bad calls on you. Step out and try to win the next pitch. A lot of times when Brady gets that first pitch called the strike, he's in swing mode. He's going to swing at that second strike just about no matter where it's at. And I think that's what Dave said. is like, hey, forget about that one. Go up there and get a pitch to hit. Do the best you can. You know, maybe get up on the plate. Take that outside corner away. I think he was just wanting to calm him down because Dave sees it. And it, it was a bad it was a bad pitch. I don't know if y'all were watching. Yep. And by the way, I hate to be so negative on a Monday morning, but the, the, if you guys watch that game, that was terrible. The, the commentators on the game, the SEC Plus, those guys were bad. And, and and I get it. You know, I'm a homer. I can be a homer because I'm on the radio. I'm representing University of Arkansas. 
when you're doing SEC plus, you're an SEC, you're representing SEC. You can't be that much of a homer. The boomer white guy might as well put on a cheerleading A and M cheerleading skirt and pom poms. That was that sucked. Everything we did was wrong. Everything they did was right. And it was just it was hard to watch. I honestly turned it off. Um, and listen to Phil until we came back in the in the eighth inning, and then I came back and watched the the eighth inning just because I wanted to see more about the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Did you think that strike zone changed? Because early in the game, I thought the strike zone was very very small when Wiggins and even the A and M pitcher, uh, they, they it was just hard to throw a strike. And I think after three and a half hours, and the game was still in the seventh inning. The guy was like, "We got to get out of here, you know. I got a, I got a plane to catch, something." And then the strike zone expanded and got bigger as the game went along. I thought, "Yeah, absolutely, Wes." I tell you what, you look, you go back and look at the first inning. Okay, so Wiggins walks the first batter, leadoff guy on a, on a three-two pitch. Um, next guy comes up, Rock, a really good player. Two-two pitch is kind of in that fifty-fifty zone. Could have been a strike. Could have been ball called a ball. Three-two, uh, the guy's running. It honestly should have been a strikeout throwout. Yep. Um, I thought the pitch was a strike. The guy would have been out at second. Yep. And they were, it changes everything. You look at it, then there's two outs, no one on. Instead of now, there's you know if that if they if it if they get the call right, and instead there's two outs or two runners on, no one out. You guys know what I'm trying to, trying to say. Yeah. It's still early on a Monday, but um, <laughs> I mean that changes everything. And I, I don't know. And, and look, I, I get along with umpires. I, I, I'm out there all weekend with umpires. I, I'm on my coaches all the time about, hey, stay off the umpire. I tell my fans, don't be yelling at the umpire. They're doing the best they can. These SEC guys, they make a lot of money. They got to do a better job because they've been freaking terrible so far this year. It's been bad all year. Man, I like it. Pointed words from Bubba Carpenter on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. No surprise. That's what we expect from him. It's from the uh, courtesy of our friends down in Benton at Johnson's Home Center. We appreciate them. Let's talk about the pitching a little bit. And, you know, I saw Dave's comments, and he was a little critical of of Connor Nolan. And, you know, Wes came out and basically said, look, you know, we expect a certain certain experience when he's on the mound. And then defensively didn't get didn't get the help he normally gets behind him. There was an error that was costly. But I can't expect the guy to be otherworldly all the time. And, and I was, it was weird to me because I didn't watch the game. I just saw the box score, Bubba. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, he walked three guys in six innings and he gave up two hits that ended up with runs, you know, two runs. I'm like, I don't know how much better I, I need him to pitch on a regular basis. It's like, maybe you score more than one run? I don't know. Is that asking too much? <laughs> well, I agree. And I don't disagree with, with DBH hardly ever. I think the guy's awesome. I, I like the way I like the way Connor battles. I mean, it's tough. Hey, that's a tough environment to go into. It really is. It's mm-hmm. loud. I don't know if you guys I remember back in the day playing at A and M and it feels like they're right on top of you and it still feels like that today. I talked to a couple of the players, they said it's loud there, it's louder than Bomb Walker. It's a really tough environment and they're on their student section, they're on everything you do. Um you know, I remember back in the day, you know, obviously with a name like Bubba from the minute I stepped off the bus at A&M, they're lined up saying, where's Bubba? Where's Bubba? Chanting it. And they were all over me. Now, I didn't have to go out on the mountain and pitch, but, you know, it, it, it kind of fueled my fire and made me mad and wanted to do better. But I think it affects some people different. I don't think it really affected Connor. I, I, I don't think so because he's pretty mentally tough. Actually, he's really mentally tough. But I think that's a tough environment to play in. But I was proud of Connor for battling through it. 
Yeah, he he did he pitched really well except he had one bad inning basically. I mean, he had yeah. one bad inning and it cost them the game. Uh defense is, uh, was alarming for me because this has been one of the best defensive teams in the not just the SEC but in the country and they had five errors over the weekend, one on Friday, one on Saturday and three yesterday. Anything to be alarmed about? Just one of those weekends. What do you think? You know, I think it's just one of those weekends. I think you you make an error. Everyone tells you how good you are defensively. You make an error, and then no one wants to make another error, so you're trying not to make an error. Then you make another one, and it snowballs from there. But what got me weren't really the errors. It was some of the plays we didn't make that ended up costing us. It was, you know, a double play ball that's a routine double play ball that we kind of bobbled just a little bit so we don't get the double play. Mm -hmm. And as a result, a run scores. You know, and every run matters in a game like that. And as, as a result, we lose by one run. But I think some of the plays that we didn't make, even Jalen Battles, a couple yep. of balls that he normally gets to kind of banged off his glove. Uh, Caden Wallace, a couple of balls that, that he typically gets to. Um, you know, he got to them. They just, they just bounced off his glove. Mm-hmm. You know, those are plays that we make a lot. And they don't go down as errors, but they're plays that, you know, you ask those guys, they'll say we should have made them. Uh, same with Peyton Stovall. He had a good weekend at the plate. Yeah. And he's done a he's done a phenomenal job at first base, but you know, he missed some balls at first, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened, but he missed some balls at first that he normally he catches, and those resulted in runs. Bubba, let's talk about uh, Wiggins and the third day starters. And again, we were you know, we really debated this a lot today, and it's been on my mind a little bit after watching the LSU game. He he was really. Again, you talk about mentally tough. I thought he did a good job hanging in there, but the guy's getting banged around quite a bit right now. Couldn't find the zone yesterday, and we talked about the umpire was probably not helping things. And I don't like to bring up an issue unless I've got a better solution, but I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite here and just ask you, is there is there someone else you'd like to see get a crack at that third starter role? No, just not yet. I, I don't think so yet. It's um, Look, there the league's hitting 238 against him. Now, I get it, his ERA's 555, but I look more what teams are doing against you. Um, he hasn't been great his last two times out, but he was close to getting out of that inning. Like I said, you get that strikeout, throw him out to start out the inning, which you didn't. He battled through it. A guy did a good job on a 3-1 pitch, pulling his hands inside, uh, hit a three-run bomb. He came back, and, and the next hitter hit a ground ball to the right side. Stovall dives for it. The thing that Wiggins didn't do was cover first base. If he covers first base, there's two outs there. He probably is able to pitch himself out of the inning. But as a result, uh, Dave pulls him. Um, You know, I still think he's okay. Um, I think we'll see this weekend. I think another bad start, and then we start to have that conversation. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about Brady Tiger. Why aren't we starting him? Well, I'm a money ball guy, and I want to know how can a guy help me the most. Brady can win two games for us if he's a closer because mm-hmm. he can close out a game on Friday and then come back again on a Saturday, on a Sunday. I would rather have that um, than, than him throwing on a Sunday. I think next year he's a, he's a starter. I think he's a definite Friday night guy for us probably next year, him or Hagen won. But, boy, I don't think you rush him. I like him in the role he's in right now. Okay. 
That's just my opinion, my humble opinion. Well, that matters more than ours, so we'll go with it. I was having that same conversation, and I've been thinking that a little bit myself. So if you say no, then I'll go with no, and Wes is with you. So I guess uh, I'm outvoted here. So we'll we'll ride with you guys on this one. <laughs> well, and look at this. They've been looking for a midweek starter for weeks now. I mean, who is the midweek? Who's your number four starter? Okay, yeah, no I'll one knows. So quick. don't be messing with the no- – if you don't have a four, you definitely don't have – you know, well, you don't have going to answer. You just cut him off. Who, who's the four? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were done with that. So go, no, but you're right. We we really don't have a, a number four starter. Oh, okay. um, we need we need Cole Ramage on the weekends to do what he did yesterday. Cole yeah. was actually really good yesterday, yeah. but I think our number four guy, which we'll probably find out tomorrow. I don't know if Dave's even announced it yet. Is uh, Will McIntyre mm-hmm. has actually done a really good job coming in and just throwing strikes and, and getting out. Boy, uh, other than that, I don't I don't know who our number four guy. It was Austin Ledbetter. He struggled. And he's kind of falling out of Dave's favor right now. And so, you know, I think you go with a, a Will McIntyre. And I don't know how he would do in the SEC. His fastball is up to 93 now. He's throwing harder. He's got movement on his pitches. Um, can he do it in the SEC? I, I have no idea. So I don't know who you would put into that that number three spot if you took Jackson out other than Brady. And I just think that makes us weaker as a yeah. as a as a team in general. Yeah, I don't know who you want coming in the ninth inning and closing a game that's two to one or five to four or whatever. You know, you've been battling for eight and a half innings. You don't want, that's the worst to me, losing a game in the ninth inning. I hate that. Yeah. And you want a dependable guy. And right now you have a dependable guy. Don't don't screw with that. That's just that's just too important and for me to go and take that closer and put him on a Sunday. Or Saturday. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Hey, I'll tell you who if if something ends up happening, Evan Taylor can close games though. Evan, Evan's carving people up right now. I don't even know what the league's hitting against him now, but I know it's not very good. It's mm-hmm. 141 is what the league's hitting against him. Um, Evan's been doing a phenomenal job out of the bullpen. I mean, so he could close if he had to, but man, I agree with you. I, I, I like I like those two guys at the end of the bullpen right now. I think we're in good shape with those two guys. And, and I, think, I really think Ole Miss coming to town, we're back at Baum Walker. Um, I think we're going to get good starts out of Hagen and, and Jackson both. Jackson still has elite stuff. He really does. Where he gets in trouble, if he can't get that off-speed pitch over, whether it's his slider or curveball, he's kind of morphed him into one pitch, he has to go with a fastball. And Look, yesterday's a perfect example. He's throwing 97-98, can't get out of the first inning. The, the, the A&M guy is throwing 88 miles an hour, and he, he cruises through five innings, and we don't barrel up very many balls. I mean, yeah. it goes to show you it's just about location and changing speed. Bubba, another thing that's bothered me is just the number of strikeouts with this team. Uh, 14 Friday, 10 Saturday, 6 yesterday. Are they too aggressive? Because yesterday, when you know, start the game, A&M, their first two guys don't even take the bat off their shoulder in their own base. You know, they're very selective. And this, this umpire had a very small strike zone, and Arkansas never could take advantage of it because they're so aggressive at, at the plate. Are they too aggressive? You know, I hate to say this, but, yes, I think at times we are. I see us swinging at pitches. I call it being caught in between. You're, you're late on the fastball. You're early on the off speed. And I see us. It feels like to me we're swinging at too many off-speed pitches early in the count that we shouldn't swing at. Um, where we're looking fastball and, oh, it's an off-speed, and we try to go out there and get it. Or maybe even we're sitting off-speed and we swing at one 
because we're looking for a 1-0 slider. We're swinging at it. Even though it's not a good pitch to hit, it's still a pitcher's pitch. So I agree 100%. I think sometimes we're, we're too aggressive. Um, early in the count, instead of working just a little bit, um, and then I see us late on fastballs that I feel like we should crush yeah. or swinging at fastballs that are pitches, pitchers' pitches. The thing that I say all the time, and I don't know, I know Wes doesn't listen at all to the broadcast, but maybe Justin does. Um, when I'm talking, I, I talk about – I was kidding, Wes. Sorry, buddy. Wes doesn't even um, listen to your interview in the zone. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but I say all the time, the first two strikes are yours. The third strike's for the team. So – your first two strikes when you step up to the plate, hunt a pitch you can crush. If you can't, I say if you can't hit a double, don't swing early in the count. Now it changes with like yesterday, runners at second, third, nobody out, infield's back. Hell, if a ground ball to second ties the game, hit a ground ball to second. Mm-hmm. You know, do whatever you got to do to get that runner in. But other than that, man, be be selective early in the count. Get pitches to drive, do damage until you get two strikes. That's that's once again that's that's my philosophy on hitting and it's worked for my my players from nine years old to all the way up into college we we rate when when we get until we get two strikes and two strikes we do the best we can we get up on the plate and we take that outside pitch away over in the first arkansas bank and trust text line bubba i got a question for you could you guys ask bubba if he knows the stats of razorback hitters against left-handed hitters or left Razorback hitters against left-handed pitchers, it should say. Yeah. A&M, Stanford, and last year, North Carolina State really controlled our batters. Thanks. That's from Steven. Hey, Bubba, do you know the batting average against left-handed pitchers for the Razorbacks? Yes. I want to make sure we ask him that Steve, question. Tell Steven we're hitting 261 against lefties, and we're hitting 290s against against righties. Okay. Yeah. Now, but some of our guys, like uh, Zach Gregory, I love Zach Gregory. He's hitting 111 against lefties. But his on-base percentage is almost 400 against lefties. He's finding a way to get on base. He's just not. He's like two for 18. What we're what we're what we're really struggling with. Dylan Leach came in and did a really yep. good job pinch hitting. But you you know you don't want to have to use your 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 other catcher in a pinch hitting role a lot like that because then you get stuck. Um, but we're really missing a the right-handed batter off the bench. We've got Jace Borfin as our big lefty off the bench. We need a righty off the bench. We've got a couple of freshmen, uh, Bernardo and uh, Salise Jr., but we don't have that righty bat off the bench, and we really need that guy. That would change some of these coaches going to that lefty mm-hmm. and late in the game and doing the matchups because if we could bring a big righty thumper off the bat, I think that would, that would squash some of that. I like the way Bubba operates. Did you see what he did there? And this is for everybody. I mean, you can do this in the office. You can do this at home. And he's just like, hey, uh, I love my son. He's kind of ugly, and he's not very smart. However, <laughs> I really love him. You see the way he did that? He just set that up so nicely. I mean, that was so good. I think Dave Van Horn's the, the, one of the greatest coaches, and we said we, we wouldn't trade him for anybody. But Friday night, I, I didn't know why why Gregory's in there, lefty on lefty, runners on second and third, nobody out. you got to get that guy home. That's a pinch hit. You got to pinch hit for Gregory there. Is it? He just doesn't have an option, a right-handed option that he's comfortable with. Yeah, he really doesn't. I mean, he's got two freshmen on the bench, and then he's got well, he's got Dylan Leach, and he's starting to have more confidence in Leach from the right side. He's had some good at bats, but there's just not a lot of options, and it's 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 unfortunate. Now next year we'll have a righty off the bench, 
you know, with some experience. But this year, we're just kind of we're kind of stuck right now. Is it too late to start getting Solis or Bernardo some more? Bernardo some more at bats in the midweek to get, you know, where you feel comfortable to pinch hit those guys. Yeah, I know Bernardo's had some, yeah. some chances. He pinch hit against LSU and struck out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Max. They haven't given Max Solis no. really a lot of chance. I know he's working on some stuff mechanically, and so he's he's not really ready to go yet, but. Both those guys are going to be really good. I tell you what, Salih, when he steps in the box, he's scary. He's yeah. a big presence in the box. And when he hits it, he hits it really hard. You know, I just don't know if, if we roll the dice every once in a while and throw him out there and say, hey, let's see what you got, big boy. Has Dylan Leach, he had a big hit yesterday. Has he earned more opportunities, you think, offensively? Is there a way to weave him in a little more opportunity-wise? There might be. But, you know, you, you, get, in, you get in trouble when you, if you start DH in your – backup catcher you know then you can get if, if something gets hurt with michael you know you, you just get you kind of get you got to get if someone gets hurt there you're you kind of yeah. put yourself in a jam yeah so you don't want to do that but yeah i think he has i think he's done a really good job when he's been called upon um you know it was a big hit you know he kind of cued it off the end of the bat but that was a huge huge situation huge hit that he got down the line yesterday in the in the eighth inning and so I think he has. And, and look, I, the guy works hard. Y'all don't get to see all the stuff he does behind the scenes, but he works really hard. He always seems to be upbeat with his attitude. So maybe he'll get a few more opportunities. Um, you know, it's just it, – it's tough. But it seems like to me, as long as I've been keeping up with Razorback baseball, which is forever, um, even back when I played, good lefties we struggled with. But most teams struggle with good left-handed yeah. pitching. That's why they're good lefties. Yeah, Leach went to the uh, Bubba Carpenter School of Body Language, apparently. It's a very positive approach. <laughs> he was the last one to put the ball in play, you know? And, and things happen when you put the ball in play, you, you know? You're and, right. That's all you needed was to put the ball in play with the next guys up and maybe get that tying run in. Bubba, my question, once Leach did pinch hit and he's out of the game, what happens if something happens to your catcher? Who's the emergency catcher, the third catcher? Well, we have Max Solis, which is a he is a catcher. So if there was an emergency, okay, he could catch. Okay, but he doesn't fold up behind the plate very good, and mm. he's not even taking reps. Like he doesn't even take. He was taking infield behind the plate, pregame infield, but he hasn't even been doing that. He's been taking pregame infield in right field. So, you know, but in an emergency, Solis could do it. Uh, he was a catcher coming in, catcher, you know, corner catcher, did a little bit of everything, but. um yeah, that, his future's not behind the plate. One of our questions of the day today, and we've already alluded to the balls and strikes. We saw a couple of incidents over the weekend in Major League Baseball as well, Angel Hernandez. Um, would you like to see that automated or um, go to a uh, an electronic version of the balls and strikes being called? Okay. I, I tell you what, until this year, I was adamant against it. The Angel Hernandez pitch, that was, that was horrible. Now, I will say, though, They've showed a couple of instances of the automated strike zone of a catcher setting up a way and then reaching way inside and almost falling down and catching a pitch that gets called a strike. I don't know if y'all have seen any of those on Twitter. Um, it looks really bad, but a strike's a strike. Mm-hmm. So the it just seems like the, the way things have gone this year, I'm leaning more towards it just because I think it hurts us. I'll tell you what, one thing I teach my guys, coming up the ladder, like I said, and y'all don't care about my, my nine-year-old teams, but from 
nine years old all the way up, I teach them an approach at the plate. We don't swing at bad pitches. Every once in a while, I'll get a terrible umpire. I'll calmly walk up the home plate with my 10U team that my son's on. I'll say, hey, Mr. Umpire, sir, look, these are 10-year-old kids. I'm trying to teach them the strike zone. We're not going to swing at these pitches. So if this is your strike zone, it's going to be a real long day for us or actually a really short day because we're not swinging at these pitches. I'm trying to teach these kids an approach at the plate, and you're killing us. And I'm very nice about it. And then typically they'll do a better job with the zone versus standing in the third base coach yelling the box, yelling like a, a mad person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I know it's a long-winded answer to your question, but, yeah, if things don't get better, let's try it. I'm open to anything. But I know during the, during the games when I've got track man in the booth, I'm amazed at how many pitches get missed. Mm-hmm. Now, most guys are bad both ways. You know, right. some guys are – they call the outside pitch. Some call the high pitch. Some don't. They're usually pretty consistent. I thought this weekend was really bad, and I think it hurt us. Yeah, well, the electronic would make it consistent, if nothing else. Now, when you go up and have these calm conversations, Bubba, are you carrying your bat that you use in the booth or not? Oh, no bat. Oh, okay. No bat. I, I didn't just, know. Uh, yeah, I, I try to say it with somewhat of a... <laughs> a Speak softly a and carry voice. your bat from your playing days, I think is the saying. <laughs> That's the new saying, Bubba. The old, the old speak softly and carry a big stick. Is now your bat from your playing day. Um, when I was a professional player, now this is the bat I use, Mister Umpire, and I'd like to have a word with you about your strike zone. So, did you play pro ball? No. Oh, okay. It's obvious. Anyway, you're doing a pretty good job over here. But let's see if we can clean that up a little bit. Uh, hey, you know what? Every once in a while, I do want to stop by the dugout and grab a bat and walk up there with it just mm-hmm. to announce my presence with authority. I like but that. Yeah. No, you don't need a quadraphonic blah punked. What you need is a curveball, Bubba. We all know this. Uh, hey, listen, you talked to last week about how LSU fans fart in elevators. We hate Ole Miss as much or more. What, what's on tap for this weekend? How are you feeling about the Ole Miss series? Oh, I tell you what, my neck's already swollen up, fellas. It's, it's, uh, it's, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I, y'all know how I feel about Ole Miss. They, they lost two out of three to Mississippi State. They're in the cellar right now. They're yeah. like six and 12 in the SEC. So, uh. But you never know. I mean, anything can happen. But I what I hope we absolutely beat down on them this weekend <laughs> and sweep them, and that'll make me feel way better about this past weekend. So, For sure. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Y'all going to come to town? Uh, not going to be able to make it up this weekend. I've got a festival that we're, we've got down here. And then, um, yeah, just kind of been up there a bunch. But I'm looking forward to coming back up soon. And are you coming tomorrow? Nope. Okay. I got coaching tomorrow. And I got gotcha. you. I, I was going to come, and it's just uh, it's hard for me to get away on a Tuesday, and then I don't get back until you know two or three in the morning, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm not going to go. Gotcha. I think we're going to be all right, though. I, I hate to I hate to miss it because I love the fans. I have so much fun when I go there um, for these games. I guess it's been a couple of years since we've been there, been there, but uh, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not not going to make it. Well, so I, you guys will have to represent for me. I'd send you my private jet, Bubba, to get you up and back, but I of course do not have one, so. <laughs> Well, what about Wes? He's got he's got two. Yes, he does. I'm having to cut back. Gas is so high right now. Yeah, he'd send you the Lear, but maybe just the King Air would be good enough. I don't know. Get you there in 45 minutes. I think It'd be fine. All right. Well, Bubba, if I can get Wes talked into it and quit being a cheapskate, we'll get you squared away and get you down here tomorrow. All right. Sounds good, fellas. Y'all have a good week and uh, go hard. All right. We enjoyed it. Hey, give him hell on the broadcast. We we love uh, we love when Ole Miss loses. That's fun. Uh, we're going to. I'm already fired up, so uh, you guys tune in. Wes, be listening, buddy. I will. Yeah, Wes, get off the TV. Goodness. The local guys. Come on. Yeah, those guys were terrible this week. Appreciate weekend. it. They were. Thanks, All Bubba. Right.
I did the same thing, Bubba. See you guys. Bye. Right. Thanks to Johnson's Home Center, too.